Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Go from dragging yourself to work each day to finding a job you love. The Career Spring program is for high achieving and ambitious mid level professionals like you who are looking for a job that uses your zone of genius, recognizes your value, and pays you what you're worth. If you're ready to learn more, schedule a complimentary consult using the link to my calendar in the show notes. Be sure to follow me on Exclusive Career Coaching on Facebook, Lisa Edwards on LinkedIn, and Lisa.Edwards on Instagram. Greetings. Job seekers, career managers, career people, <laughs> career people. Hope your uh, hope your April is going well. Today we're going to talk about how to make sure your resume gets through the applicant tracking system or the ATS. I get a lot of questions about this. There's a lot of misinformation out there and a lot of just, pardon me, but ignorance about how to navigate this. So I want to clear up a lot of things for you, hopefully. So I want to start by explaining what the ATS is. So it's software that manages the entire hiring recruitment process for a company. So everything from posting the job online to accepting applications, making the job offer, all of that is housed within the software of the ATS. It keeps it all kind of, you know, organized in the recruiting department. If you've applied to a company's website, if you've uploaded your resume to Indeed or LinkedIn or one of those sites, you've used an applicant tracking system. The ATS was initially created for employers back in the early aughts when job seekers were, it was definitely a hiring market, right? The job seekers were desperate for jobs, a lot of applicants for every position, and employers were demanding features that could kind of filter out unqualified candidates in a very little time. So the ATS is supposed to <laughs> supposed to save time, speed up the hiring process, and keep the hiring process fair and non-discriminatory. I will argue that it doesn't necessarily do those things, <laughs> but that's what it's supposed to do. And it's also keeping track of things like EEO and diversity metrics that have to be reported to the government um, or any other kind of body that needs that data. It makes it very easy for them to retrieve that and, and keep things um, equitable there. So there's three kinds of ATS out there. And the message that I want you to hear from me describing these three types of ATS is that you don't know going into the system which one it is. So you kind of want to be prepared for any of the three. The first one is automatic ranking. So this is when the ATS is going to compare your resume to the job description and actually rank the applicants. It may be that it's the the hiring manager says, I only want to see the top 5% or I want to see the top five candidates or I want to see anyone who scores over at or above a certain score. And this allows the recruiter to focus on the candidates with the best job description match. And it won't even show the people who don't meet those qualifications or who don't meet them as well as others. They won't even appear. So that's number one, automatic rankings. 
Number two is keyword rankings. So this is a pretty universal feature. So most of the time you're going to be dealing with an ATS that does keyword rankings. So it's going to search on things like your current job title, if it's looking for a particular degree, a particular skill, let's say you have to have a certain certification. So it's going to be looking at those keyword rankings and it's only going to produce candidates who have that exact thing on their resume. So it's not ranking them in the sense that it's saying here's your top five candidates, but what it is saying is here are the candidates who have the keyword matches that you asked for. The third one is viewing application. And this is going to be at smaller companies where recruiters and hiring managers are using an ATS to gather. They, they want to be able to put the job on their website. They want to be able to collect resumes through their, their website using this software. But they then want to manually go in and look at all of the applicants. So they don't want a system that ranks based on keywords or you know job description matches and that kind of thing. So with that manual submission, recruiters, it just think of old school, how it was before there was any ATS. There's somebody who's spending maybe six seconds looking at your resume to determine the most important things, right? So that that initial um, calling of the applicant pile is to get rid of candidates that don't meet the criteria. So if that's, let's say they have to have a master's degree, let's just take that as an example, they can go through and in less than six seconds, they can eliminate, you know, the 50% or 75% of the pile that doesn't have that really important master's degree. So at this point, again, just like back in the day, the employer is going to look at those, eliminate the ones that don't meet the qualifications, and they're probably going to do a second calling where they now have people who have the basic qualifications, but which ones are the best. And they usually, in most cases, you have a, uh, the, the hiring manager has a pretty good idea of how many candidates he or she wants to interview. So maybe the goal is we want to find the top three to five candidates. That's often kind of the numbers that we're talking about. So they've, they've, First call is anybody who doesn't have the basic qualifications that they're looking for. The second call is, yes, you have the qualifications, but there are better, more qualified candidates. We're going to call those out. And then maybe we're even going to be more critical depending on what's left at that point. Are we down to three to five or are we? do we still have 10 candidates? In which case, what's the next criteria we're going to use to eliminate them? Because of this process, and really with any of these, it's important that your top skills and qualifications are easily identifiable. And they have to be identifiable for the ATS and for the human eye. So that's one of the things that's so important here is that we've got to get through the computer, but then we also want to give something that is pleasing to the human eye. Let's talk about what all of this means for you in terms of what you should and shouldn't do. First of all, you want to submit your resume in either a .doc or a .docx format. Not all ATS can read PDFs. My stance will be, until we get to the point where all ATS can read PDFs, that you are running a risk if you submit your resume as, as a PDF. Now, be, to be clear, we are talking about what you upload into the applicant tracking system. I'm going to talk about what you can attach in a moment. You want to be sure on that ATS resume that you translate anything like a, a text box. I use text boxes on almost every resume I write. 
I might also use a chart or a graph or some kind of image on the resume. None of that can be read by the ATS. So I always give my clients, and I've talked about this on the, on the podcast before, I give them two versions of their resume. I give them a pretty version and I give them an applicant tracking system compatible version that is stripped of all of that information. Another thing that you need to remember for the ATS is to use traditional headers in clearly defined sections so the system can find what it's looking for. When the system wants to see if you have a master's degree, it wants to find a section called education. I've seen some people, particularly in creative fields, where they want to call their sections what I've done and, you know, what I've learned or like something you know, quirky like that, that is not going to work for the applicant tracking system. The experience section needs to have the word experience in it. The education section needs to have the word education in it. If you have a professional affiliations galore, that's usually not something that the ATS is going to search for, but you still want a section called professional affiliations and not something cutesy. The length of your resume is not going to matter to the ATS. I almost always keep my clients pretty resumes to two pages, but their ATS is often three pages. And the the only difference is it's not that I'm adding content. It's just that I am spreading stuff out a little bit better. Um, A, because it makes it a little easier if the client has to cut and paste the sections into the ATS, just depends on which ATS it is. If they have to cut and paste content, I want them to be able to chunk down that section that they're looking for very easily. I don't want it to be squished up in there where they have trouble uh, finding exactly what they need so they can cut it in there. You also want to populate your resume with keywords from the job posting. I tell my clients to spend 15 minutes customizing their resume based on the job description. But you don't want to just stuff your resume full of keywords. The system is going to search for keywords used in proper context. So that the two logical places, if there's an area of expertise section on your resume, which I almost always put on my clients, I may put the word there. In a best case scenario, I'm putting the word there, but I'm also substantiating that skill or that keyword, whatever it is, down in the proper job where they displayed that. So if I'm saying that they have, um, let me give you an example, they have... um, project management skills, then there better be some examples of projects that they've managed in their achievements on their resume. Also, remember that once the resume makes it through the ATS, an actual human is going to look at it. So you want to demonstrate proof of skills and not just fluff. So it really gets back to what I just said. It's not enough to just say strong people management skills. We want to show evidence of that somewhere in the resume. And then if you are allowed to upload a copy of your nicely formatted resume as as a PDF, you want to do that. Same thing with the cover letter. So most ATS will allow you to upload supplemental document. So you want to upload the PDF of your resume. So same exact resume, maybe, and a PDF of the cover letter. The reason that I say the same version, maybe, is that you do have an opportunity with the ATS to pack some more content in there. We're limited to two pages, in most cases, with our graphic resume. We want the humans to not be overwhelmed when they print that resume off, and we don't want it to be six pages. So we have to be very curated. It has to be very curated. But the ATS doesn't have to be curated. So you may decide to add a few more bullets in there, and there's no harm in that. 
as long as what is in the pretty resume is also in the ATS resume. You just may have more in the ATS and that's okay. Here are some ATS don'ts. First of all, don't have any content on your ATS resume that is in text boxes, graphs, charts, which we talked about earlier. Now, don't try to hide keywords in your ATS resume. There's a thing called, and I've seen it called various things, but basically you're putting white words, words that the human eye can't see, but the ATS can see and read into your ATS resume. It does not work and it ticks off employers. And here's, because here's what's happening. You're getting selected, depending on what kind of ATS it is, you're getting selected as a top candidate based on something that the human then can't see. And the human is going to be highly suspicious of that. Why did this person show up? And they're going to distrust you and distrust your application. So let's be straightforward with that. If the word needs to be there, then put it in black ink. If the word doesn't need to be there, don't try to trick them. Also, don't stack jobs. So if you have multiple roles with the same employer, the employer's name needs to be listed with each role. So let's say you've had three roles with IBM. You want IBM job title, IBM job title, IBM job title. The other thing that you don't want to do with the ATS is give inclusive dates. So let's say you've been at IBM since 2010 to present, but we have individual dates for each of those jobs. We do not want the 2010 to present date on there. We want the jobs that you, the dates that you held each of those three jobs listed with that job. So I hope that hope that makes sense. And then finally, you don't want to underline, italicize. You also don't want to use any symbols, so such as bullets that don't exist on your computer keyboard. So that's one of the things I do. I might have a really nifty bullet on the client's pretty resume, but on their ATS, I take it out and just do that dash uh, that's in the up next to the numbers up at the top and, and just keep it simple. So I hope this has helped you in getting a little bit more information about why we have ATS how to navigate the ATS. If you have further questions about ATS, feel free to reach out to me. And my email is lisa, L-E-S-A, at exclusivecareercoaching.com. Or you can shoot a question. And depending on uh, where you're listening to this podcast, you may be able to leave a question there. You're welcome to go to visit my website. I have There's a, a form there that you can ask a question. It's exclusivecareercoaching.com. And I'll be glad to answer any questions that you have. I wanted to wrap it up with a little bit of cynicism. So ATS are supposed to save time. They save time for the employer. They definitely don't save time for you. It does not speed up the hiring process. Again, not for you anyway. It may There may be some time-saving features for the employer. I'm not sure that it's shortening the overall time to hire because I think that has to be the people that are in charge of recruiting have to make that happen and have to move things along more quickly. The computer can only do so much. And then finally, I don't know that it keeps the hiring process fair and non-discriminatory because it's so dependent on you knowing how to play the game of the ATS and, and not necessarily about who's the most qualified. I've known plenty of very qualified people who failed at this because they didn't know how to play the ATS game. So I wish I could give you a happier note about ATS. I'm, I'm frustrated by them at best. And if you've been in the job search for any length of time, I'm sure you're frustrated too. 
So I'm not giving you this information for you to begin to love them, but rather for you to just accept them and work with the system and not fight against it and hopefully get better results. And I hope it does that for you. And I will see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.